Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Starting the show early today, Danny, but I've got uh, a lot of things on my mind. Things that I think can help stock nerves. I don't know about making sense of the markets uh, per se, because if you try to figure out why the market's doing what it's doing, you're going to be missing moves. Like you'll miss the upside, you'll miss the downside. But to help uh, stock nerds understand, you know, break down some complexities like terror terror attack yesterday mm-hmm. uh, took took the lives of some some Marines and soldiers and a, and a Navy corpsman, and all horrible. But the, the markets are still elevated at highs. And, and a lot of people can't make sense of that. Like they don't, like why isn't, why isn't the market going falling to hell in a handbasket is a legitimate question. I know that uh, a lot of investors will ask today. And we're going to talk about that, okay? We're going to get to a bunch of things. Um, we are, uh, when I say we're financial escapism, okay? I don't mean that we make things up. I mean that people come to this show, one, because it helps them make or save money. Like there's, there's fantastic, relatable, actionable information that we provide. Okay. Yep. They come because we follow up with what we talk about. Because it's not just like when you go on CN- when people go on CNBC or, or I, I view Bloomberg as a little bit more, uh, um, you know, macro, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, the economic indicators of the FTSE Nikkei are going to be like, like that information doesn't help you. And when people just throw out stock ideas, you just forget. Like it's, it's a deluge of information and you can't make heads or tails of it. But before. Not, not only that, sometimes it's biased because they have their advertising. Oh yeah. Pushing stuff. Uh, hell yeah. Pushing product. And so uh, all of that we're going to get to. Okay. And I'm going to, I don't let me forget uh, a fantastic stock nerd. Uh, she asked me, hey, can you show me very, really quickly how to pop out the screener on uh, Thinkorswim so I can do what you're doing on your video? Yes, we're going to answer all that. But now, Zach. Tim. So Zach and I are talking, and I'm, I've got, I'm humming a song. So Remy, my, my little guy, Remster, the Remster, loves Pete the Cat, right? And they just reincarnated Pete the Cat as a cartoon. I don't know if he was a cartoon before. But it's uh, KT Tunsil, it's Diana Crowell, and it's Elvis Costello, and a bunch of other people doing the voices, right? Musicians. Musicians, right? yes. Yeah. So they're actually, and Pete the Cat's a musician. And anyway, so we listened to the Pete the Cat soundtrack yes. on uh, the, the, the Amazon Music on the way into daycare and back every day. Like, 
I got the whole soundtrack uh, mastered. He knows so all the words. So it's playing in your head. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> always, always. And, and when I, you're going luckily, to sleep. <laughs> luckily, I like this one. Uh, so I by the That's way, gotta be better than Barney the dinosaur. Which oh, the, oh, purple dinosaur. I feel bad for the people that had to endure the Barney. Yep, Man. I did not. I did not have to endure the Barney. I'm glad they Bar- love you. you love me <laughs> yeah, I'm so good. Like the whole world is evolved <laughs> to this. Like it's really good. By the way, if you get Disney Plus uh, or just Disney Channel on your cable platform, yeah, the cartoon Bluey. Which is an Australian cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Bluey is the best. Bluey is if Homer Simpson did television. Uh-huh. Like for kids. Not for adults. Like simple minded stuff? No, it's it's fantastic. It's a family, but the joke there's jokes in there for the parents. Okay. Yeah, like like uh like the dad the dad's getting kicked in the in the in the dad parts, right? Okay. Yeah, and and, and like but because every dad's been kicked in the dad parts by their kids. Yeah, it's like yeah. a rite of passage. Did you get your kick today? I got my kick today. You're a dad. And so, uh, but Bluey's, I'll tell you what, Bluey knocks out. You can watch Bluey. And like, I can see Alex doing curls for the girls watching some Bluey. Like, it's a good show. (laughs) And so, uh, because that's the only reason why Alex does curls, right? Alex can get confirmation. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. One liner, Alex. Seriously. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm literally just seeing if Alex is paying attention. I can't see the fellows, right? And Alex knows, you know, Tim usually talks about all this nonsense. He doesn't really come to me. And maybe, maybe like 30 minutes later, I'm just going to be looking at stock charts. So pay attention, Alex. <laughs> Love it. So, what's the cat's name? Oh, oh, Pete. 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 Pete, Pete, Pete the cat. cat. Pete yes. the cat. And so, anyway. So, 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 who wins like in a wrestling match? Barney the dinosaur? Or Pete the cat. You know why? Because Pete, Pete the cat's one groovy dude. Like, okay. like, like Pete would look at Barney and figure out, dude, why don't we just play some music together, man? Like Pete the cat is the best for Remy's personality because Remy is, he's not really intense. Like he's just like happy go lucky. Like, and Pete the cat's like, man, we're gonna take all this in stride, and that's what you want, right? Because they, you, I mean, look, uh, the intense personality, the always high strung. This is not Pete the Cat. Pete the Cat is like, hey, man, let's try to figure it out. It's groovy. Yeah, yeah it's groovy, dude. And like that. So I really enjoy that. And then, you know what? I'm going to give a nod to Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, too, because it hit, it hit Daniel Tiger hit Remy right at the right place where now he. And so let's rank them. It's going to like for adults, right? We're going to rank them for adults. Bluey, Pete the Cat, and then Daniel Tiger. But for your kids, they're all they're all gold medal winners because there's no losers. Daniel. It's 2021, baby. We all won. <laughs> so you know how that works. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, anyway, real quickly. So KT Tunzel. Um, one second. That was a song we were listening to before the show. Before the show. She's saying, what, is the title of the song, Zach? Black Horse. Let's sing it together. Something, no, something, gonna, something, no, no. something, yeah, something, something, something on a black horse near yeah, a cherry tree. tree. Yeah. Woo-hoo, like woo-hoo. I've got that yeah. part. Yeah. So it, everyone's heard this song. Yeah. Like, well, she says, no, 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 no. It sounds like a date. No, no, no. You're not the one for me. So I do know that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So KT Tunsil is the artist that sings this song. Turns out she's my age and uh, she's from Scotland. And she's what? From Scotland. From I Scotland. Looked, all, looked all this up, right? So here's KT Tunsil talks about toxic. Her one song is, is Black Horse Cherry Tree, right? 2003. So, Kate talks success as a cat versus a human musician. Look at your screen. Can you see your screen? 
Like yes. that's a that's a bad headline. But yep. she's amazing. So I'm like singing all these songs while Zach's getting the studio set up for the show today. And then I'm like, oh, Zach, you know this. You know this artist. Yeah. And, I, and we start playing the music. And I'm like, what the hell is this song about? What is Black Horse and Cherry Tree about? So then Don says, what you guys talking about? I'm like, I'll tell you when the show starts. That's and right. Shocker on a Friday. Nothing Jay Powell said was shocking like what I just found out. About Black Horse and Cherry Tree, Daniel. A very, a very simple song in a children's show. Yeah, yeah. Black Horse and Cherry Tree is about a girl who becomes pregnant. The guy wanted to marry her, but she's scared of being trapped in a boring life. I couldn't even click the link to find out more. I was devastated. Had no idea that that Black Horse and Cherry Tree was, does she keep the baby? Does she not want the baby? Like, who's writing about this what in a, 2000? What a dour song. Right? Yeah. Here, I'm just beat-bopping along to Black Horse and Cherry Tree. Alex is over there doing curls. And that's for the background girlies. music for kids? No. Who knew? Holy hell, who knew? So, anyway, no, I hear an Alex laugh. Okay, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> One laugh. Yes. So, we got him real quick. Soccer is rock So, listen, now that you're in the tent, now that I've pissed off one member of the audience who will write to me, write to me. Tell me how angry you are. Show me your lightning bolt. Um, look, let's talk real quick, screener. So, uh, all the ideas that emanate from the fellas, like Hunter, Alex, Don, myself, Daniel, we all screen. Okay. Now, not everyone screens in a different way because, um, you know what? A Pete the Cat song, you got to be you. So, you got to be you. And what works for you, you, that is a Pete the Cat song. And so, you have to screen for the criteria that works for you and your trading uh, style. And so, I, I gave out some screening things on the video on Wednesday. And so, you go to scan. And that's how you set your screen up, folks. Like you screen, like if you want me to run through a scanner video, write to me, I'll do it for you. I don't mind doing it. But the person who wrote to me said, Tim, how do you get that scanner to pop out? Because I'm just hitting the enter button and stocks are rolling through. That's what she wants. And I said, I'll show you during the podcast. So when you come here, uh, the scanner will be right here in the watch list. Uh, I've got the scanner loaded up. You can choose any of your scanners, right? Like here's all uh, scanners uh, that I've had pre-programmed, that I've pre-programmed. And then you just say, detach the gadget, like inspector gadget. You just detach it, right? And so just detach the gadget. Uh, let me pull the gadget back up. And now I'm gonna choose the color white. And then you can see that I've got nine and nine synced up. And so I'm gonna hit AMRS and you can see my screen magically and so that's how you do it. that's all nothing to it lickety split rewind the video if you didn't catch it uh, if you have any questions about how to set up it up tim at regressive.com is how you do that so with that said got a lot to cover go ahead please. quick question because i i know that stock nerds are thinking about this question so when you pop out that window mm -hmm. and it's got the different rows of yeah. the different stocks it's screening for right mm -hmm. when you, and you in the background you've got the the chart of what is that? I can't. Oh, I just changed it back to the NASDAQ. Okay, good. NASDAQ. Okay, yeah. but when you click on one of those rows, one of those mm -hmm. securities, does it automatically change that chart? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I know. I just wanted. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that. I just, I knew the, I was wanting to clarify oh, I for the Understood. listener. For the Understood. folks at home. Yeah. Yes, for the folks at home. Yeah. That, that's why Creating we. Creating a word picture. That's why we play the game for the folks at home. So we're going to get the pound, get the TNX, uh, DXY, geopolitical events here in a moment. But Hunter. I heard, we'll get to annuities too, Dan. We'll, we'll do that in a moment. Do what? Annuities. Oh. In a moment. In a moment. Hunter, are you with me? Light, lifetime income. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. 
Hey, so a couple things, Hunter. Hunter is our official gambling expert, right? By the way, what's the cup that you and Alex are playing for? The Don Cup. Don's Cup. Can we just call it Don's Cup? No. <laughs> it's called the Stanley Cup, which the irony is the founder's last name was Stanley. And, of course, it has nothing uh, to do with hockey. Oh, okay. So, so, so Don's Cup is I named like Don's, Don's Cup. cup. Yeah, I do, too. Um, you have Hunter's address, right? Because it's probably get that thing ready to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So Alex, <laughs> Alex and Hunter are playing fantasy football. I guess against Don and the rest of the league uh, that Don Correct, belongs yes. to. Uh, and they're, I don't they're, have. To, I could sit back. I'm gonna hang out and let Hunter. Hunter's the wizard with that stuff. So and they're battling. <laughs> and they're battling for Don's cup. But uh, you can see here, I've got this. You get a uh, gold plate. Don's gold plated cup. cup. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll send we'll send uh Zach working on that imagery right now. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> so I don't know if you can see this. It says uh big sports betting kickoff. So I was wondering, uh Hunter, if I haven't noticed it and I, I purposely didn't go find this answer. Um do DKNG pen they're fairly new. And I don't know if they've been around long enough to understand seasonality of those stocks. DKNG's had a big move this week. That came off, I believe. DraftKings. Yeah. Draft I believe that came off of some Arizona news. But I wanted to get Hunter's take on, uh, let's look at Penn. Let's put up Penn. Let's put up DKNG. Uh, the score doesn't exist anymore because it's going to be a part of Penn. Uh, what do you think, Hunter? Do these stocks, is it as easy as like, oh my gosh, football season is about to start on September 6th or September 9th? Uh, should you just, is it as simple as this is the time to buy these stocks? It's a little bit more difficult than that because, you know, you could say the same thing about Amazon going into Christmas time, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, for, for that type of thing. And, and I know there's been commentary regarding that mm -hmm. uh, recently uh, just because DraftKings and Penn obviously were on really nice runs going into last football season. However, I think it's also important to keep in mind that your sample size is extremely small. Um, and these stocks really only got hot um, last year, but that was also coming off the pandemic lows. So it wasn't just like it was only Penn and DraftKings that were hot. There was, a, you know, many, many, many stocks that were doing very well from May, June, all the way into the beginning of September last year. So I, uh, I wouldn't put too much weight into the fact that they're rallying before football season. I mean, maybe you can. Um, there's certainly, I think it's also partly tied to the vaccine. Uh, with Pfizer and the FDA and whatnot, maybe that's a, a good sign for to ensure that sports will be played. That could be a, a role in it. But um, I think the only thing I'm really paying attention to is there's certainly some volume on uh, on DraftKings, uh, volume on PIN uh, recently, breaking some downtrend lines, pushing mm -hmm. through some moving averages. So uh, there's some buying demand. Uh, I wouldn't say it's strictly due to seasonality, but I'd say uh, you got to pay attention to the volume and the price, and it's certainly um, making a big move on both of those names. Now, I've got another thing for you. So, and I, Alex can join in here too if he wants. It has some thoughts on it, of course. Uh, Full disclosure, we're long draftings. Yeah, I should have said that. I apologize, not saying it up front. Um, and Tim, Tim, real quick, is. Uh, yeah. Can you tell if DraftKings is in another inside day today so far? I think yep. it is. Yeah, for the most. Yeah, just get it right here. So it's okay. yeah, that that's that's right there what you got folks you know it's at the third uh hr which you love is this nice little pennant forming and so break up or break down flag, yep. yeah a little flag um interesting uh conversation danny that i wasn't a part of so um 
Let me just get this off the screen real quick because I want to watch this and just say, look, I, I the move up today, like the markets have been uh, amazing. Uh, I'll tell you about this conversation, Dana, but the move up today hasn't been on any ticks. I explained the ticks in the video a couple of weeks ago and we talked about it on the show uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Highest tick today has been only plus 800. And so I'm curious if as the day wears on, if the markets just will levitate back there because Jay Powell said all the right things this morning uh, in his they call it the Jackson Hole speech, but really it's just another Zoom meeting. And uh, Jay Powell said all the right things uh, that he wanted to say. And because Jay Powell is up for not re-election, but will you pick me, Joe Biden? Joe Biden nominates the Fed chair and the vice chair. And Jay Powell is up for renomination. And Jay Powell, you can't say Jay Powell's name without saying Jay Powell. Right? It's not just Jay. No one knows who Jay is. Jay Powell will not say anything directly. So, but it's interesting because, you know, you combine this big Jackson Hole speech and we're going to taper and whatever uh, with geopolitical events that are going on. And a lot of people are caught on the wrong side of this. And it, it really just goes to that there's some, there can be news going on and you, how you feel emotionally about that news. And you, how you feel emotionally about that news doesn't translate to markets, okay? And so I think that's a point that when I when you say it and someone digests what I just said, they're like, no kidding. But there is a ton of people out there that bet on the wrong side of the markets, I mean, it, it, meaning bearish today, because further escalation of geopolitical events. Then you add in J-PAL, and you can build yourself into a scenario that you can't get out of. And it really reminds me of the worst investing product ever created, which is UVXY. It's a VIX product. And the markets have had, I, I would say, some the last, you know, the markets, when they, they drift down to the 20, they don't just like drift down to the 21 like it's a graceful fall with a parachute. They just, they've just, you know, you wake up, boom, 30 points down, 40 points down, and you're down to the 21. Are we going to do the dance where we, you know, dance around 21, 34? higher but look at this uvxy product which is a very popular product and it's based on the vix and it it's it's horrible it's a widow maker down you know like if you what's it down to in price uh it's down. well they keep readjusting it's on well, don, i was gonna say they're gonna do yeah. a reverse stock split they, i don't know how many reverse stock splits but don and i've watched <laughs> these reserve reverse stock splits happen like uvxy gets down in the single digits and then they've got to yep. reconnoiter it yep. and it's the worst product. So if you think that markets are going to fall to hell in a handbasket, I, I implore you to wait for a signal. Have you broken the 21? Like, or or you, like you could say, are you at a third ATR, which isn't on the indices. And it's not necessarily the best signal. Um, put call, like a low put call. Even that's not a good signal. Like you need price to break, right? And you need price to break. On high volume. Uh yeah, well you just need high, you just need price to break more than for twenty four hours well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this market environment. And um, the, when you, I mean, throwing your money into a VIX product, betting on more volatility, like could there be any more geopolitical volatility going on right now? I mean, of course it can ramp up, but it's it it's there, and you need to be able to to. To look at these products and understand what they're telling you. Like, this is a horrible product. I can't say enough bad things without swear words about this. I'm trying to talk you out of this. 
people, and Danny, Danny is acutely aware, uh, there are people that will destroy their, I don't no, know, destroy their lives that, a little strong. I've noticed yeah. people that want to put portfolios yes. yes. going too big in position size and betting too much. Yes, because their worldview is different and it's not matching. And we're on a daily chart here. It's not matching. We just hit a brand new high in S&Ps. And so, yeah, the S&Ps can pull back, but are, are they selling off, right? And and doesn't mean it won't happen. I mean, well, there's going to be some, sometime there's going to be a sell-off, right? But you, using, using, UVXY, using UVXY to do it, I think is often a mistake. If you want to hedge, if you're saying I'm hedged, well, maybe cash is a better hedge. Like if you're unsure, like, like this product, do I, I don't even have to type in it. Oh, did we just lose the internet? Hold on. Or did I lock it up? Oh, I locked it up. See, it's it's the worst product ever. And it, and <laughs> even Thinker Swim doesn't like it. Yeah, Thinker Swim. Thinker Swim is revolting. So, <laughs> like, that's funny. Um, it's just awful. And it reminds me of uh, what's the company uh, a couple years ago, Don, uh, that had a VIX product that blew up. It's uh, Swiss. Credit Swiss. Uh, Credit Swiss. Was, uh, Credit, yeah. Yep. What was it? Um, I think it was T-Vix. T-Vix, yeah. I think it was T-Vix. Uh, um, they had to and, shut it down. Yeah, they like they literally, and people just, they lost oodles of money. And so, look, I'm not saying that's going to happen to uh, UVXY. What I'm saying is there, there, if you want to know some better ways to hedge uh, your portfolio because you're, you're a little bit longer term, you're not shorter term in nature, there's better ways to do it than UVXY. You can, Don at Revere Asset, Dan at Revere Asset, Talk to Hunter or I, talk to anybody but UVXY. Do not email UVXY to do it because this is the, the perfect example of there's really, there's a lot of instability somewhere in the world and it ain't showing up here. And a lot of people had their worldviews. Um, <laughs> well, it doesn't match what the market's doing. Yeah. I remember there's an old adage on Wall Street, the, the market climbs a wall of worry. So sometimes it will, sometimes yeah. it won't. That's why you got to follow what there the market is doing, not what you think it should. Yeah, be. and that's where the news leads you astray. And so Peter uh, Peter Lynch said more money is lost worrying about the next correction than during the correction itself. Yeah, yeah. And so knowing when to step aside is is crucial in this. You know, um, you, you but need, knowing not when to step aside is also important. Yeah, and I'm, and I I I almost uh, made fun of that statement, but that because it sounds so, and I, I don't I don't mean to rude. Like it just sounds so like well of course Danny not knowing what it says like of course that's important but what do you read like what do you do to get you in there and if you watch like we all talk about it on the videos five nights a week you get a video six six night on the sixth night and on the seventh day they created the Your Money podcast six on the sixth day you get this video podcast we create content six days a week and in that content are trigger events they're not. They're not like, oh yeah, I it's back to school season. We should buy cold. It's not that. It's okay, so we have a fundamental like there's a fundamental basis of how you're picking these stocks or these, you know, or, or some kind of theme on an ETF. Now, what's the trigger event? And for me, it's typically going to be a moving average, like an eight exponential or a five exponential coming across the 21. I'm waiting for mutual funds pension funds, hedge funds, the people that make a difference in the world, I'm waiting for them to clear the path for me like a snowplow in winter. And when and, and that's evidence to me, like it's evident to me when you see the shorter 
moving average crossing through to the upside to the longer you moving average. You want to see momentum. That's exactly that's what I'm describing. But people aren't waiting for trigger events. They're they're, they're betting. And and this is why I think investing or trading is so much better than sports gambling. And someone might disagree, right? So I'm not I, I am not the sports gambling expert, right? Spreads, you know, over-unders, whatever. That's why I defer to Hunter. That's why I talk to Hunter about this stuff. I'm interested in it. It's not my forte. What's the trigger event? You know, like what's the trigger event to know to go to go along with the Chicago Bears? One, it's putting Nick Foles in at quarterback. Let's just say that. Don't bite, Hunter. Don't bite. <laughs> I'm not. I have Justin Fields' comments ready to fire, but I'm not. I'm not going to let them out. <laughs> so you need a trigger event, and like, in, well, in my life, do I place bets? Hell yeah! I I I love sports cards, and I love um, uh, finding. You love uh, opening sports cards. Oh my god, those are lottery tickets. But uh, I do buy a bunch of packs. I do. I do buy a bunch of things off eBay, where. It's just uh, like Bryson Stott or Scott Stott is uh, like one of the top prospects in the Phillies organization uh, that got promoted to Reading like right before I took the kids to a game. And oh yeah, the moment I saw him, I'm like, oh wow, that dude's good. I'm literally in the stands buying like all the rookie cards I could, right, and stuff. <laughs> right, but have that, you all papered you the room yet with the... all those cards? That's what I want to What's that? Oh, what I'm have you all papered your room yet? No, but there's like there's a lot to do. Like people are doing some interesting things, or like the commons is what they call them. Like they're creating. I'm not an artist, but they're creating art out of them. Collage, yeah. And and like there's, but they're selling them for big bucks. Like it's pretty interesting. Like like if you scan eBay, you'll find a bunch of the artist listings and stuff. But anyway, like I I place bets like that. I view crypto as that. Crypto is incredibly hard to trade. Like you can you can get the same triggers, momentum triggers, but then you wake up but overnight. It's faster. Yeah, and then you wake up overnight and Korea dumped, you know, or or like an Asian company country dumped, and it's like okay, your triggers, you got the triggers, but you were asleep, you know. Like I, I, I I'm a buy and holder with crypto. Ironically enough, though, fueled by I, I sell sports cards sometimes on eBay, not too often not lately. Uh, all that money is how I built up my crypto, <laughs> so. Uh, 10xing that uh, that purchase as we speak. Um, anyway, what are you doing with the 2.6 metric tons of cards that are not really worth anything? <laughs> well, that's the, we haven't talked. We haven't talked. That's yeah, the wallpaper yeah. I was that's, asking about. That's the art part. Like, <laughs> like I, I would love for someone to turn it into some cool art. Like I, I've been looking at what people do with the uh, with the common cards and, and the things they create. It's pretty like they'll take all the common cards of like basketball is one of the one that I saw recently. Like all these random basketball cards, but then they turn them into a collage, and it looks like Michael Jordan, or it looks like Kobe. Yeah, Biden. I've seen stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's pretty cool, you know. And I'm like, wow, it, like, and none of those cards are Michael Jordan or, or Kobe right, Bryant. Right. They're just some pretty cool stuff. And so, anyway, um, let's do this, Daniel. I've got. Uh, I wanted to. I, I started to go into it, but I, I stopped myself. I was privy to a conversation yesterday. That I was not that I wasn't not supposed to hear. It wasn't my conversation, but it wasn't my conversation to hear. And I don't. I, I want to be careful because I don't want to out the company and I don't want to out uh, how I heard it. But it was over a Zoom, right? Okay, so it was over a Zoom, 
And uh, some really interesting things were being said about this company's stock, okay? And they caught my attention because none of it syncs with the way I think. And so now Hunter and Alex, I, I, or Don, I normally, I, like right away, my first thought was, I got to call Hunter and, and run this idea by him. Because that's what I did when I had, hey, we should buy our, every IP. Like it started out, the conversation, stock nerds, market levels. If you want to find it, like just go to uh, revereasset.com uh, and you'll see in the podcast page, there's, a, there's literally going to be a show that's like, what if we bought every IPO? That conversation. There's Don's cup, by the way. That's true. Go ahead. Go I ahead. tried to let that sit. I, 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 I don't know how he gets it down there. That's the problem. Like, it's so big. <laughs> oh, Video. God. Don't set him That's up. That's what don't, she said. Ah. You had to set him up, didn't you, Tim? Come on, man. That, 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 the neurons are firing, dude. Like, but, um, I got I got some coffee in me. That was Pete the Cat? Or who's <laughs> yeah. Yes, Don's cup is named Pete the Cat. Hardy the Dinosaur? Blue, anyway, go blue, ahead. Bluey. Bluey. Um, Jesus, I just made myself stupid with that joke. Um, so I, what happened was, like, a couple months ago, I, I, I wanted to figure out how, like, when, what's, how to buy, like, we should, like, I think of SPACs like startups, and people don't have access to the stock, startup market often because, for a number of reasons, it's isolated. You need deal flow. You need to know who to buy. Like, what startups? And I like SPACs, and I like SPACs because it democratizes the whole space led me to a call with Hunter about SPACs. And then Hunter said something. And then the next thought in my head was after Hunter said something was, what if we just bought every IPO? We should just probably do that. And then that led to uh, research. And then that led to um, the community of our, our listeners is really awesome. Stock, so, nerds. stock nerds and market lovers, um, where we, we, we talk about an idea and then they just run. Like they do a ton of research. And uh, I keep in touch with a number of them uh, through my Twitter page, this group in the back channels of DMs, where uh, we're just talking stocks like a lot, often all day. And uh, they're doing the research and they ran with the IPO research and they're trading it really successfully. And I call them the IPO club now. And uh, by the way, you stop nerds, you can join, just email me or find me on Twitter at TJ Razor if you want to access to these people. It's just a bunch of dudes uh, getting together. And, and I just meant in general. Uh, there is a couple uh, – gender has no no place in this discussion. Anyways, a bunch of people get uh, stocks. I'm trying to get out of this. Something that I created, which I, I didn't mean to. I will eventually get out of this. Yes, you can watch the struggle. I'm glad. Now I'm getting Look out. what society has done to you. you I, uh, I know. You have to recoil. Oh, my gosh. You're, uh, you're a thousand percent right there. Some innocuous comment in my mind. Made me go, oh, let me just backtrack. So Don's right. Don's a thousand percent right. So um say that again. <laughs> 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 so I wanted to call Hunter, but I specifically I literally had the phone in my hand. I gotta call Hunter and tell him this. Don't do it. Let me tell him on the air. So Hunter, I'm in this conversation where I'm not even in it. I'm just now I'm just listening intently. And where the person was talking about their company's earnings had just been released. And he's jazzed. Like this dude was foaming at the mouth, excited because it was a good report. After hour, the stock was up 10%. Now it's only up a percent right now during real market, you know, dur during the market time. But 
Like this, this person is not in the stock market. This person is a department head for a division at this company. And he, then he says the phrase, this is what caught my attention to get me in the conversation. Well, you guys know how he's talking to his team. If I haven't set this story up properly, he's talking to his team, getting them excited about the EBITDA of the company. Like literally that's what they're we got to talk about the EBITDA, said nobody ever. Like nobody ever in the history of excitable conversations has walked up to Zach. Zach, when's the last time one said, hey, man, we got to talk about that EBITDA? Never once in my life. There you go. Never. And so uh, earns before tax. Uh, amortization. And so uh, he's jazzed. He's like, and you guys know how the market works. Now, I've listened to 33 seconds of this guy talk, and I know he has no idea how the market works. but. He's jazzed. And, he, and I'm happy for him because he's finding success because he clearly has all his money in company stock. Enron? <laughs> Anybody remembers what happened to those? Uh, really, uh, they, they got taken. They got, you know, they believed. Anyway, so before I go down a road, this company is on solid footing. And it's not Enron. Let me just say that. Look what society has done to me, Don. I'm backtracking again. And mm -hmm. so. Um, did Don just give me the? I can't see the fellow's top. So did Don just give me the? Mm -hmm. Did he do? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> so he then says, "And you know, the bank, he, the Bank of America just took our stock price up. That was the quote. And you know what happens when the analysts get a hold of your stock and they start covering you and they raise estimates? And then I almost spit my drink out." Because we have had many a conversation, Daniel, about how oftentimes there is, there's a reason why they call them in the betting world touts, right? They're mm -hmm. touting. Touting is an interesting word. But when people go on TV, media, whatever, whatever your source is, and tout, are they trying to hand off today's garbage to you so they can get out? You know, like if, like oftentimes, you know, that more support the stock. Yeah, or downgrades. The, 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 the downgrade game is, and I always think it's nefarious with Goldman Sachs, where like a stock has run a gazillion percent, you know, it's lower left, upper right, and, and Goldman downgrades it. Like, like a Joe, who, who's the, who does the quotes um, from the, he was the New York Yankees catcher, not Joe Garagiola, but like the guy who will say that Girardi? restaurant. No, not Joe Girardi, the manager of the Phillies. Can we get some? That's pictures? the manager. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, as right. manager. Like, who, who is the Yogi Berra? Yogi Berra, like, that restaurant won't make it. It's too busy. Like, like he, you know, like, like, like Goldman Sachs comes out, like, something has run from zero to a gazillion. You know what? That stock's way too successful. We're downgrading it. And really, it's because of people missed it. The broker high five. Yeah, man. The broker high in, five. We labeled that years ago the broker high five. But he says, and again, to, to, to remind you, he says, Bank of America is now covering the stock and they've raised our price target. I don't want to give the number because I don't want people to figure out what company I'm talking about. Which then got me thinking, wait a minute, I'm over here chastising this guy in my brain. He might be on to something. Pick up the phone, almost dial Hunter. Hunter, what I'm going to do in, 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 your, in your time between uh, petting your cats. Um, <laughs> he's got cats. Uh, can, can we One. find a way to capture, and I got to think of the system to do this. That's why I didn't do it yesterday. Like all the upgrades being given, I don't want to know the downgrades. Well, maybe eventually we'll expand it. And this is where the stock nerds come in. 
stock nerds and market lovers, feel free to join in this research. Is it as simple as just buying all the stocks that get upgraded? No. I I know. Look, I know what you're saying. I know. Don't like before we say no. Do the stocks? So, the, oh God, I got to make up a number. This guy said the stock was going like uh, Bank of America, which is the legit bank that upgraded the stock, is going to a hundred, and the stock is not at a hundred. Do stocks? Because his next phrase was. And you know, stocks grow into their upgrades because that's where the banks want them to go. And I'm yeah, thinking, okay. well, hold on. Hold on, stock nerds and market lovers. That might be a research project. It doesn't have a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what I'm getting right. at. No, I got you. And I'm thinking, if we can nail down the self-fulfilling, this, this ETF would be called prophecy. Um, figure out the ticker symbol, someone. Uh, Open and sourcing to open sourcing it to the fans right now. Um, with this ETF prophecy, is what's the window, right? Because you get the pop on the upgrade typically, unless the market's. But what's the timeline for the stock to grow into it? So I, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I need to know stocks that like like going back through January, and I've got a couple programming I need to think, and I just want to isolate it by. I don't know if I need to isolate it by bank issuer or ticker, probably ticker. Find when the upgrades were given and how long, if at all, ever, the stock took to grow into the target. That's interesting, I've right? Got, I've, Go ahead. I've, got, I've got a couple of, uh, I guess, different <clears throat> variations that could possibly prove interesting from a, Please. a study point. Um, Let's do that. For one, you would want to possibly track the stocks that have had the biggest increase in analysts covering them and analysts mm. giving them buy ratings, right? So if there's a stock that had, you know, in January of this year, had one analyst covering it with the buy, and now it has nine analysts covering it all with the buy, that's something you want to pay attention to. Kind of in the same way, maybe like you would pay attention to uh, institutional fund ownership constantly mm. increasing or increasing by a large yep. amount. So that's one way. And then secondly, looking at what a stock does after an upgrade, uh, could you possibly craft a, a strategy uh, to play you know, the pullback? Because oftentimes the, the bounce from an upgrade usually only lasts a few days and oftentimes yeah. the gap is filled. Uh, and you could look at how many times do, uh, does the stock end up filling the gap and coming back uh, after that initial bounce uh, from the news. Oh, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to jump oh, in. Can I, can, no, one second. I want to tell them that's great. I, I, no, I agree. But here's one thing. Oh. Here's one thing you got to figure out and be careful of is that spurious correlation. Because here's the thing double digit er, you know, increases in earning growth and revenue growth and company acceleration in, in cash flow and growth will cause that analyst to go from one to nine, right. will cause those analysts to upgrade. And so, are you really finding the, the, the thing that's the, the, the catalyst to cause right. that, or is that the after effect? Pause. After effect. Well, I think one, one second. One, yeah, yeah, one second, because I think what I want to just make sure stockers understood what Danny said. He's saying our, the normal mother's milk of growth stocks, earnings, and, and, and sales, like, are those the things you know, that are really causing the move higher? And now you just got some people saying, yeah, you should go They're buy it. They're starting that. to notice and yeah. jumping on board. Yeah. 
let's let's take this example because it'll be like so. You want to get in early as possible. Piton. Here's Piton, which is having uh, not the best day. Uh, the expected move when oh, it's look, it's back to the expected move. Expected move from Thursday to Friday was ten, and uh, right now it's at the expected move down almost nine percent. So, but it was down more earlier. This is an hourly chart. So now. The, what Danny said is good earnings, good sales. Okay, not that Piton had bad earnings, bad sales. It's how the market's interpreting that information. And so now, right. and so now, I want to see if XYZ Bank comes out and says, "Oh no, we've gone through the Piton numbers and we've upgraded to a buy uh, targets 150." Because it's not going that up happened. today. That happened today. Oh my gosh! And we don't plan the show, folks. And this is why we don't plan the show because. The, the authenticity of our conversation so much more than anything you'll get on some pre, pre-planned dumpster fire of a podcast or CNBC the, show. The bank said we love their move to the subscription to the subscription model. Lowering the price will make more people buy it. Eventually, they'll sell the equipment for virtually nothing and make all their money off the subscription. I do think yeah. there could be some merit to that, just for the record. There um, is, but not in the price action today. Not in the price action can today. I, no, no. Can I make a point? Can I make Please? a point? Yeah, man, it's your show too. Um, yeah. So the other thing we have to remember too, some of these analysts, they 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 don't have skin in the game. They don't own any of the stock. So they never own stock. Well, a, yeah, a lot of cut. times they're trying to support it because their their <laughs> investment bank is underwriting yeah. the stock. Yeah, the, right. the, yep. the company's the yeah, client. There's not a lot you, of that. The Goldman Sachs in the in, in some of the more tenuous days of Tesla was very. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Hey, Tim, I've, um, uh, I've got something that I think is, is really interesting here just to kind of go on to this conversation of these banks and analysts possibly manipulating stock prices with downgrades and upgrades, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this is from not very long ago. Uh, Micron Technology, if you want to pull up this chart. What is, is, it, uh, what is Micron? Gonna, uh, MU. MU, MU. Yeah, yeah, we're going to look really at like 813. Oh, let me give some. Uh, you see that big sell-off, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, I can so, see. Yeah. So Morgan Stanley on 812 downgrades Micron and uh, lowers the price target to 75. Uh, subsequently, you know, obviously the price continues to fall uh, from 812, which I think was going to be uh, right in there. So we go down from like 82 to 68, right? right. Yeah. At 9 a.m. on 813, a dark pool block of $7 million bought at $70.64. 15 minutes later, um, a little over $1 million of uh, calls were bought. So literally right after the night after the upgrade uh, or the downgrade, the very next morning right at the market open, massive money coming in to buy. So, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it's purely speculation, you know, who knows was, who was actually mm-hmm. buying. Uh, but I mean, I, you know everybody who's you know pays attention to the markets. Stuff like this happens often with these downgrades and and these analysts and these investment banks. Uh, and that's institutional money. That's not so. Are the da- so hold pop. on now. Hunter, Hunter raises a point. I, I don't know if this is the point he was trying to make. Is the real signal not the upgrades by the downgrades? As long that as the stock's not, as long as the stock's not luck and coffee, which is which will right, always as be long the. As it's got- yeah, earnings growth. Luck and coffee will always be my poster book best sell I've ever made. But um, I wonder if the signal is the downgrades. 
And then maybe then, maybe the way to say it would be downgrades after a stock has had a big run, not just a downgrade on a loser, no. but something that's okay. had a big run. Maybe yeah. pay attention to that. I don't because know. like like in like, well, what's the timing mechanism? Like right off the top of my head, the beat, you know, like what beat do you wait to, to step into it would be maybe 24 hours. I mean, of, of course, Don would, Don would probably say, we'll just watch the chart. But. Of course. Of course. Um, Boy, that's interesting because because if you could automate a strategy around that, you know, downgrades come like you're just you got the downgrades coming in, and then okay, that's your watch list, and then you're just watching on smaller time frame charts. Let's get this to an hourly chart. Now I'm I'm genuinely best part about the show, David. Uh, we don't have producers telling us exactly what to say. So here's here's what Hunter's talking about. You get this. What kind of candle is this? Like I want I almost said hammer candle, but I don't know the formation. You get this. Big wick here. That's well, big for an hourly chart. And that marks the low. But you don't know that's the low. So imagine you can't see any of this. You you, you need to you take it to a 30-minute, an hourly. I don't know. But, you know, 70, let's call it 70 to 73, 74. That, that's still good money where I come from, you know. Yeah, well, the person who bought a million dollars worth of calls at 70 is already yeah, uh, yeah, seeing a, a decent little profit from that. They, I mean, they may have already sold into this huge move up into yep. the 50 right here uh, where you see that big candle. But let me, let me get it's uh, interestingly enough, Micron is you know, now that we're looking at the chart. This one has really uh, gone to crap, for lack of a better term, compared to a lot of the other semiconductor stocks. You know, I had uh, something even, even some of the, the laggards I had something pop up on my weekly scan on Wednesday. What is today, Friday? So go back two days. It was right right in here. Is that Wednesday? 825 is Wednesday. So you got the trigger event, 149 to 158, 10 points in a couple of days. Um, That's microchip? Yeah, microchip. Tim, uh, look at, uh, pull up TSM yeah. and ABGO. They look uh, very identical to yeah. microchip, uh, just starting to kind of hook back up yeah, like a little that, bit, trying to get back above those moving averages. And I was doing that on a, like I did a MCHP. I did a weekly scan because I, I, I like the weekly charts. Like the daily charts, they're just, there's a lot of noise. Like it's, it's a longer wait. Like that's why I, like if someone said, Tim, what are you waiting for? I can't wait for the markets to fall back to their weekly means. Like I'm, I want that to happen because those are your, to me. They do it 15% higher. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. So I'm scanning for individual names or ETFs that have, you know, either fallen back to their weekly means or undercut. And now I've got a trigger event. Like I think I did a five with it coming through the 21 uh, on, a, on a weekly time frame. I've got a weekly chart. Let me get that up there. So here's MCHP. And it wasn't this. And you're an enigma wrapped in a riddle. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Why? Ten minutes ago, you quoted the ticks, which is an, the the oh. absolute ultra shortest yeah. term indicator you can get, and then you you oh. pivot to weekly charts. That's well, funny. this is this is a great point. No, no, this is this is a really good point. Don's brought up. I I want to know what's going on today, right? Because that's gonna okay. I'm about to say something dumb, so I if I know what's going on today, I can figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, most likely. And you and I, I'll take you. Don's right. I, I get. I get the. Um, I'm. I'm in hourly thirty minute charts. I'm, I'm looking at the ticks because I want to know what's happening today. I want to know the intercorrelated assets that can 
drive markets action today because if i understand that i can and i can explain what's happening you know to me and then to other people if you it, my preference in life is to get moves back to the weekly mean and buy the hell out of it because i i've i've gone back through time to understand that the weekly mean is a very strong place to buy like um uh let me just, I got to find the charts. Just give me one. Well, it also would depend on hey, Tim, I have a question about, about ticks, if you could show me. Um, yeah. I was thinking about this. If, if the ticks intraday, if you're an active trader, this may help you. Um, if they go plus 1,000 or plus or minus 1,000, is that a way to, in the intraday, to maybe potentially catch a bottom let, or let me, a top? Sure, let me show you that. So I'll maximize the sell. Um, and so let me just, this is a, to Don's, to Don's point here, a one minute chart. If you see the, it's a literally a one minute chart. So I, I get it. Um, here's Friday. And so, um, the real, so you'll see, uh, stock earnings. I've got uh, plus a thousand and minus a thousand real buying or selling is 800 to a thousand. Okay. So, and, and look, uh, different platforms do it a little bit differently. I know trade station is literally off the New York stock exchange. Thinkorswim is an amalgamation of three, three different exchanges. And so, but even though it says nice tick up there. So everything between the hedges of 600 and 600, it's just norms. It doesn't. If, you're, uh, if you've got a downtrend going, typically, uh, like if the market's been selling off all day and you spike up to like plus 800, um, in the, especially in the last hour, uh, that'll typically stop that downtrend. And, and you can use this information in a number of ways. So um, do you want to short when the market hits minus 1,000? You know, like, is that the time to short? No, I'm saying buy at minus 1,000. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get there. I, I, was, setting, I yeah. was setting up. I know what you're saying. Okay. Uh, yeah, when, yeah. Do you want to short at minus 1,000? Not if the market started off that way. Like, if the, if the market to open up started off at minus 1,000, that's typically the market shooting all its bullets at the open. And you'll see some gravitation. That gravitation only might last 15 minutes to an hour, you know, half hour. But you, if you're in the markets hot and heavy watching it like that, understand what you're looking at. It's, it's counterintuitive. Just like if the markets open up at plus 1,000, they... Give it 15 minutes and you'll see a little in the, especially in the spoos. Uh, oh, I said spoos, Danny. That now I sound like a dude. Yeah. S&Ps. Uh, you'll see it pull back a little bit. And so it, to answer Alex's question, yeah, you could take that as a buy signal, but how long it lasts. So I've got um, on this chart, this is a five period moving average. And when the five, the green line here, I'm tracing it for you, which is now going to be a reference. If the five period moving average cannot get above zero, so that's a moving average. So it's slower than tick or price. If, if that period moving average can't get above zero, that is an indication of selling still. Still weak, yeah. Still weak. And you want to be careful. Like, it doesn't mean the market's going to sell off. It's not going to fall in the hell in the handbasket. But it's... It doesn't mean it's going to rally, and if and if that moving average can't cross that zero line, that's a problem. When you see ticks shoot up plus six hundred and right back to minus seven hundred, right back to minus eight hundred, that like the market did that yesterday. Like there was this big move here. Let me see if I can get it on the screen. There was this big.
there was a big move higher and the markets couldn't sustain it. So here you had uh, at 1415, this plus 800 tick. And then like right away, you by, by 230, like you couldn't get it. But look at what the moving average was doing. It's going up above. Here is the zero line is somewhere right in here. Got up above zero and it couldn't sustain it. And so you use this small information to help your timing. Like just because I like the weekly charts, you're still making entries today. And there's better ways to make entries. Entries are, on, to me, are on smaller time frames. Get me into the park of the weekly mean because the weekly mean is powerful. Like, look at, look at this. Here's 2016. Like, just look at this chart. This is a weekly chart of the S&Ps, and I know it's not that big. You can go back even further. We don't know. Here's 2015, right, off your screen, or at the end of 2014. You're hugging the mean, you're hugging the mean. You don't spend. Look at how much, how little time on a weekly basis you spend below the weekly mean. It's not that long. Even, even during a pandemic, <coughs> before somebody comes to me and says... Because well, the sell-off is very swift and deep, so it happens very quickly right. in a and, few months. And, then it, and ah. to the people that want to spend time... Well, Jay Powell stepped in, unprecedented action. History tells me we don't spend that time. We don't spend that much time below the weekly mean. We can dissect the reasons why over over coffee later. And if if you see the if you can see it the way I see it, which doesn't make it right by the way, then I want to I purpose I per, I I I I won't say purposely, but I I want to buy aggressively weekly means now. What about individual stocks? Can they spend a lot of time below their weekly means? Hell yeah. But if you can then, so the process where uh, Don, Don, Don likes it, Roy Munio and IBD, and that's where I cut my teeth on everything from, from Bill. Um, if you infuse your process with about 70% fundamentals, the things that, make, that, that give the stocks the impetus to go high, earnings, sales, institutional support, Typically, there's no absolutes. Typically, you you infuse your process with that, and you understand the power of the weekly. There's pretty much nothing you can't do in market, but you have to have a process, and you have to have a discipline, and and that's how you can find uh, long-term success in this. So, look, I I look at this. We've come back to the weekly mean in twenty. Here's 2020, right? Or at the end of 2020, so we're 21 once this year. That's about a 35% move. It's about a 30 from that one time this year. The S&Ps have gone up. Here, let's just do it. I, I don't need because I could be misreading. Here, I'll just do a little shanty way to do this. Excuse me. It's 20%. 20%. And and look, yeah, Don's like Don's from the like, bottom of the yeah yeah from from the from the weekly the mean line. to where we are. That's 20% of the S&Ps. So you can make a ton lot more in individual stocks. I get it. But even if you were just somebody who bought the weekly means um, on, on individual stocks, but you have a process to harvest profits, right? Because, it, but even, let's pretend, even if you're like, well, Tim, I don't have a process to harvest profits. I'm just going to come in here and I'm going to buy the weekly mean. And you can see that moving average line is going left to right. 
lower left, upper right, pardon me. But what if it came down to just, I don't sell till it hits the week, if it, if it starts closing below the weekly. That's still a 15% gain for just understanding one moving average and, and, and one time frame. Now, imagine if you could do that for individual stocks. you got to be real patient, though, because you may be waiting for a while. That's that's, whole, and that, see, that's, that's, that's the, the whole problem. point. But, yeah. but I'd like to mention on the, on the, um, um, on the, on the ticks, um, it's very, very short term, Alex. So if you see a thousand negative, a thousand tick, and you keep, you see them keep coming and printing, that means the market's getting pounded. You need to stay very defensive, either possibly raise some cash, right. but don't buy anything. All of a sudden, when yeah. you see that reversing, and all of a sudden the negative ticks are going away, if you've already got something identified that you want to buy, that's the time that you would do the entry. But there's also a little bit more well, to that. Yeah, too. and that's that's what I was getting to. I yeah. feel like the environment you're in, if you're in a strong secular bull market and we're in a strong trend like we are now, <laughs> that could be something, a process you could add to your intraday type trading. Yeah, um, it's still very hard though because it's, it's very, yeah. very short term. It's but if you literally saw, minutes. Like, but I, I think it's not one piece of information in isolation, right? So if you see uh, negative ticks, just a, a negative environment, throughout the day, and then you couple that with, oh, the S&Ps are pulling, or are maybe pulling through their 21. Right. Well, yeah, it's probably a sign that you want to be a little, you want to be a little cautious in that environment. And so timing your entries to me is still on a daily basis. It's just, what, what, what's the big thing I'm looking for? Like, yeah, the weekly mean, you know, like nobody wants to buy, like, you know, buying, you know, like right here on three two last year, you would have turned out great today, but you also had a big way to fall. So you're, yeah. I even though I've got this kind of bigger picture that I talk about, there's still time on, on the daily. Hopefully that clears that. But that's a really good point. Thank about, you. Well, it's a good, good question about ticks. Great point, Don. Don raised. Um, real quick, I want to talk on this. We'll get to annuities uh, maybe next week. I don't know. Um, All right, well, let's get to the markets. Yeah, we're gonna get to the markets right now, but I. I do think uh, Alex Hunter sent something over that's super interesting uh, yesterday, this, about Tesla. And I'm not going to get too deep into it, but Tesla files become an electricity provider in Texas. And I think that uh, electricity is the new oil. And so imagine, imagine, a, you know, there's movie trailers in a world where 50% of your auto production is mandated to be electric uh, right now the mandate is that globally like you've got to make electric cars okay so like what, let's pretend that that law stays into effect doesn't matter if you agree with it at home or not let's just it's the law right and so um i believe and i covered it in this episode uh or there with Don. Uh, well, Don's on the picture. It's episode 362, uh, August 13th. And you just run through some of these power companies, these power providers. I believe electric companies are going to outperform. doesn't mean it's going to be going to happen. But I, I, I talk about in depth uh, the Kodak moment. I believe that convenience stations, which aren't necessarily the uh, energy providers, convenience stations are having a Kodak moment. Because they're they're going to meet the demand of what they what what's on the road right now, which is uh, gasoline engine diesel. But they're they're giving way because of that because of the expense of putting in charging stations. They're giving way 
the people putting these charging stations at home. And the people that are going to sell you those charging stations are the electric companies. And I think Elon Musk is uh, on the cusp of this. I think he's really smart to become a provider, like a one-stop solution. Mm -hmm. I think he's super smart to do this. And I was having to talk with uh, Zach before the show started and the fellows joined. I think that the, uh, the convenience chain that caters to where the market's headed, okay, it'll be slow. And talk about patience. Right now, the, you can't, it takes what, five, 10 minutes to fill up a car with gasoline? Mm -hmm. Can you get that to 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes? Like, can you get half a tank, half a tank electrically at a pump at a convenience station, convenience store, whether it's Wawa, Sheets, QT, Quick Trip, or, uh, Racetrack, don't matter. Um, and then give them an experience, get them out of the car. And give them an experience in store. So the store of the future, in my opinion, isn't when you walk into the convenience store and you see a thousand different convenience items. And they're all maybe a little bit overpriced. And they're, they all center around beef jerky and Celsius energy. How is it? You know what? How a good place. Yeah. No, don't take a left turn. Let's sorry, sorry. Let's I, think, I think the store of the future is going to be, it's, it's not Kroger and it's not, it's not a supermarket. But it's 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 a tweener. It's in between what you see right now with a convenience store and a smaller format grocery store that has grocery store prices, but also has one one brand of diaper, like one brand of diaper, maybe some formula milk that's not highway robbery, uh, along with some convenience items. And you're giving them a reason to come into the store, not not um, like not 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 like a Walgreens. You know what, you know what this sounds like. You also uh... go ahead, Honor. I was just going to say, you may end up seeing at gas stations and convenience stores, if it, you know, if you end up having to charge your electric vehicle for 30 minutes every mm -hmm. time you go or whatever, yeah. uh, like more lounge type areas, entertainment, you know, cup yeah. of coffee, a little place where you can sit. Well, well, well again, again, they need the turnover because well, people are only going to buy a certain amount of stuff. And so you have to have the turnover. What, where I see the key is, is the fact that they need to improve the technology so the charging becomes faster. So you can charge in ten minutes or fifteen. That way, yeah. you still have. I think, if you, I think the sweet the spot door. for me would be fifteen to twenty minutes, and that—that's just me. But take Hunter's point here. Now, what if you're in a state that has uh, legalized gambling? You go into the DraftKings uh, sports book, and they got they got sixteen different games on, and you go in and place your bet. Now you're entertained. I think Hunter's spot on here, and I think that that's where um, I think that's where the world's heading. If, if I think Elon's spot on here, he's not going to let that happen. He's going to get the chargers in your home. They'll have universal adapters and he's going to sell the electricity. He's going to do it better than here in Texas, uh, which is a convoluted, very bad system, as we all found out uh, last winter. Yeah. So real quick, uh, Hunter, I normally go to you. For, I'll tell you what, we won't mess up the order here. Let's go to Hunter. Alex is going to do some follow up on some stocks and what he's thinking about. And then we'll we'll get to Don and then. Uh, Next week, Danny, let's, we'll, we'll touch on annuities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can touch on all that stuff. Uh, but I thought this was a good conversation today. Really, let's look at the markets real quick before, uh, before the fellows start. Let's see what the markets are, in fact, doing here. And so, yeah, just gravitating the day highs. Look at that small caps, man. Small caps having themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, Yeah, I, uh, I got two alerts on IWM mm -hmm. through 224 and 225. I've talked about those in the videos a few times. Those are... Uh, 
pretty important levels to get through. That equates to getting through um, the recent highs from the last three days, getting above 224, and then 225.21 was the high from 806. So uh, clearing two levels of resistance for small caps is pretty uh, yep. pretty nice to see yeah. since they've been a, a, a big time laggard recently. Yeah, is that the banks today? Or is that that's the banks, I believe. So uh, it's KRE. oil. Uh, is XOP oil? is up big today. Uh, oh, KRE is up two percent or so. Oh, five yeah. percent. Yes, yes, yes. We're gonna have less banks oil this. Banks sorry. up despite rates being down. Yeah, you know that's a let's talk about that for one second. So, uh, Jay Powell, uh, hey, we're gonna taper. We're gonna taper. Like Jay Powell, Jay Powell hit all the right notes today, man. Like. Like, I mean, rates are going to go up, uh, and it's not reflected in this TNI today. So, okay. but banks are telling you a different story. And by the way, when I did weekly screen, screen, screen on Wednesday, it wasn't that many stocks that popped up in like four, six of six or seven of them were banks. Like it's just a heads up. Like the the momentum, the the charts tell you the charts that pop up on your screen. Whether they're viable at that inflection point or not, the day you screen, you can get a real good sense of where the market's headed just by what shows up for what you're playing. Hunter, what you got, brother? So, just real quick, kind of in the same conversation regarding rates, uh, pull up the dollar, Tim, mm. because this is kind of an interesting um, development we've seen between the correlation between equities and mm -hmm. the dollar and you know certain types of stocks relative to interest rates and so on. Uh, what we've seen over the last week or so is really more so relating to all equities, regardless of sector, being correlated to doing well when the dollar is doing bad. And that's certainly evidence today. Uh, stocks struggled a little bit yesterday, and wouldn't you know it, the dollar was slightly green. So there seems to be far less of a correlation to interest rates, and that, you know, that goes for banks oil and gas, whatever, and growth stocks, whether it's, you know, a bad reaction to moves in interest rates going up or vice versa. Uh, but the dollar seems to be the driving trade and correlation at the moment, not, you know, that can change in a split second. But for right now, it's uh, the last week or so, it's pretty spot on. So can I, can I pause just you just one second? No, I think you just raised a good yeah. point. I, I think this is a conundrum for not just investors, traders, stock nerds, but Danny, I think that what Hunter is talking about here, dollar we, dollar strength is bad bad for markets. We're going to break it down simplistically. Dollar weakness good for markets and equities. In the short term, yeah. In the short term, but weaker purchasing power for consumers, which leads to what? Higher inflation, right? When you have weaker, you know, when you have rate bad for the economy, bad, bad for yeah. markets in the long run. Yeah, and so like how and bonds. People don't realize, which and Don Danny's saying bonds, which people don't realize because most portfolios are sixty. Well, yeah, but and, if you, and, if you yeah. get paid back in dollars ten years from now, you buy to hold, buy hold to maturity, and your dollars are a lot are worth less, mm -hmm. a lot worth a lot less because of inflation or the erosion of the dollar, which is yeah. the same weak dollar is the same thing as inflation, right? Those are just different terminology. So if you get paid, say you buy hundred thousand dollars worth of bonds. And then you have a lot of inflation. You get paid back a hundred thousand in ten years. That's maybe purchasing power, maybe worth ninety. You've got a ten percent loss yeah. in purchasing power. And so it, a strong dollar actually is good for the economy and good for markets in the long term. Mm -hmm. In the short term, we've been sold this thing where it's good for exports and yeah. it, it's bad for imports and all that kind of stuff. 
And so it kind of gooses the market in the short term. It's like a team wanting to tank to get the number one pick. We, if yeah, you're, well, if you're, it's like the Fed saying inflation is good. They've got a target inflation of 2%. Why? Oh, speaking heard of everybody. You know, we're talking a little economics here. Hey, Don, our, D- Don has a relative that runs a coffee shop in an office building. Don, are you, are you still having labor issues, meaning that people you're having trouble getting people to work? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so uh, I, so the routine is I go get the, I typically go get the kids uh, from daycare and I stop at this Panera Bread. The best subscription in the world is not Netflix or HBO Max. It's the coffee subscription at Panera Bread. I am draining this company dry. They're going to have to go public to just make up for how much I drink their coffee. Like I get an update on my app. It's like, you. It's like no, it's like Tim and Norman Cheers when you walk yeah. in. Tim, like yeah. you saved three hundred dollars this month on your coffee. Like and it's and, you, and it's not special coffee. It's you're, like, you're a big coffee fan. <laughs> yeah, like I I, yeah, I go right. in there and look. They're nice in the, the Panera that I go to. I double up, right? So I'm walking out with a nice coffee and a hot coffee. They say you got to come back. Like you can't really double up like that. I'm not sitting in that place. I gotta get I gotta get on with my day. I gotta go get the kids right. And so. uh and then uh, I, I, get, I fill up the water bottles. The kids like to drink the water. I fill up the little cup. Anyway, whole thing. Eight bucks, nine bucks for this coffee subscription. Unlimited. You can do coffee. You can do black iced tea, right? But you can't do like the, the specialty foo-foo. I don't care. I don't drink any of that stuff anyway. Best, best subscription money can buy. I don't know how many people take advantage of this, but when Panera goes public, we will get those numbers. Panera is going to go public. And um, I've yeah. never heard about it before this moment right now, but you're right. It's like nine bucks a month. It's all the coffee you can drink. That's yeah. not a bad deal. Sure. No, do it. Yeah, can you put great. it on the, can you put it on the screen for folks? I can't actually. Oh, okay. Uh, do, do I, uh, you know what? You can throw it on. Uh, Google it. Stop. Yeah. Uh, and, or if I say it out loud, a lot of people's phones track to what they hear. Like the phones are listening. Panera coffee subscription show up on Facebook or Twitter feed or in your email. <laughs> <laughs> now all the phones will get it. Are you working for them? Do they pay you as an endorser or what? Danny, the only yeah, sponsor. Let's get back to the market. The only sponsor. Yeah. pay nine bucks. Let's Danny, go. you know the only sponsor we have is Danny Spice Rubs. Yeah, the best go. thing for your meat. Let's go back to the markets. That's right. Right. Anyway, uh, so the story about Panera is what. Oh, we're still there. No, we're it's not. There? No, I got sidetracked by coffee. Uh, I asked Don about his the, the coffee shop because yeah. I showed up yesterday to Panera. And two days ago, they closed the dining room. Right. And I thought it was because of the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, I asked, so I went to the drive. Yeah, get employees. That was it. Yeah. She said, uh, the, the, the lady said, we, we can't find anyone to work. So we had to close the front. So yesterday, I'm three deep in a line that's not moving at the drive are you giving me the middle finger? Which finger? No, no oh. I'm putting my hand up on my... Oh, like you're interested. Yeah, 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 you're you're yeah. faking interest. I'm faking, <laughs> I'm, I'm faking interest. Um, okay, so they don't have enough people to employ. They they're barely getting by. No, they shut the restaurant down. Yeah, yeah so I, I like I've not. Uh, that's got to be. Ha- I think I think I read some stories. Chicken Blazer shutting down because they can't find people to work. Like does I just don't see how all this ends on sept- I think September sixth is when those federal benefits stop. I don't I don't know how we just come out of this em- employment issue. That's happening right now. Like I, I literally don't know that road forward because everything's hypothetical, and all these people are just going to pop their heads up and start applying for jobs. It's well, they will if you stop paying them to stay home. I don't, I don't know if that's. I don't know which way it works better, but it does give them purchasing power. 
negotiating power. For oh, this is wages. a definitely, yeah, no, I'm pro-employed. Andy knows I'm, I'm populist like that. So we'll see where it all leads. But I was curious. I, I thought about that. Like, I wonder if Don's having trouble because that, that I mean, you talk about this employee shortage. It, is it really hurting Panera or is it hurting small and medium-sized businesses that can't open up? And that, by the way, that's your single source. Dollar. It only yeah. helps big major corporations. Uh, Hunter said, talk, we talked about dollar. Hunter, what else you got, brother? I'm sorry. Uh, just one comment uh, in relation, Please. just going back to the dollar really quick. Yeah. Um, a little bit different than the common macro and micro perspectives on the dollar. You also have, so think about it this way. You've got decreased purchasing power. Mm -hmm. We got the ability to essentially earn zero dollars on any kind of risk-free rate, right? So the, the risk-free rate, you know, going out and getting a CD, money market, like it's essentially useless. You make nothing. So all that does is it incentivizes risk-taking uh, in an mm -hmm. environment where your purchasing power is decreasing. You can't earn anything from a risk-free standpoint. Um, so you more or less, that incentivizes risk-taking. How will that turn out for the markets in the long run? I, obviously, I don't know. Um, but in the near term, uh, we're seeing money flow to risk-on type of stocks, especially over the last week or two. Um, so that kind of methodology is somewhat coming to fruition. So with that being said, I'd like to talk about a couple of stocks that are not necessarily your standard growth stocks, but uh, you could argue that they are. Will you pull up NUE for me, Tim? There you go. And these, uh, we're going to look at two here, NUE and STLD. We're going to look at NUE first. But Every time he says my STLD, point here is, I, I think that yeah, there's, yeah. there's some kind of disease that there's a drug for. STLD. What? I always, I, I always th Oh. Tim's got his mind in the gutter. He's thinking I, I, all STD. I hear when you say STLD. That's all I hear when you say it. And I'm like, no, he said it. He said Steel Dynamics. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just do that. Steel Dynamics. There you yeah, go. just but, use the name. Um, just use the name. I will. I will. So th these two stocks, the reason I wanted to bring them up is they're still acting very, very well after big breakouts on volume. Uh, however, nobody has really, nobody seems to care about them anymore. People really were focused on that big move up. They've been consolidating. I, my point is, just don't forget about these two in particular. Tim, if you pull it back um, to a monthly, we a monthly. saw a guy looking at a monthly chart of, of Nucor and STLD recently. Um, and you can see this is a breakout that is uh, spanning over a long time. I believe Nucor was and STLD have been in bases just now poking their head through. So maybe their run is not over. Uh, I don't think it steel stocks have to do well while growth stocks do bad or vice versa. Uh, so just keep an eye on these. What I'm really looking at is I want to uh, see how NUE acts when it first touches the 21. It has yet to do that since it's big move up to around 130. Oh, so a, a two thing. steel stocks to keep an eye on. Those are two of my favorite in the space. And steel is certainly one of the strongest sectors in the market, um, even compared to, uh, you know, QQQ, XLK, whatever you want to look at. It's had a great year. So, um, two other names that are not, you know, your software, your growth names that have made a decent little bounce back recently, SQM. And these are both in the chemical agriculture space. I talked about these a lot, like a week or two ago, they were starting to move up and out. Then they all had a really rough, uh, washout and sell off where they came down undercut moving averages, but SQM has earnings behind it. It's just sitting right on top of the 200 day, the 21 and the eight day, they're all converging right there. Um, and this is a company with growth. This is a company with institutional uh, sponsorship as well. And one weird little caveat here on this name is 
SQM is in a decent bit of these clean energy ETFs. And I don't necessarily know what they do that has, you know, led these clean energy ETFs to want SQM in there. But I've, I've noticed that as I've gone through the holdings uh, that that's in there. The other name, Tim, is MOS. Oh, yeah. So these are two leading stock names previously going into like April, May. Uh, these were strong stocks in, in this space. And uh, they're just now kind of starting to maybe show a little bit of a positive traction back above their moving averages, at least. That was the main thing I wanted to see here. Um, lastly, Tim, if you, uh, I talked about this on the video, and this is really more of uh, me going back and, and, and covering something I wanted to talk about last night. Will you pull up uh, Hack, H-A-C-K, um, on, the, on there? This is a cybersecurity ETF. And really, I wanted to highlight that Hack, Bug, which is another cybersecurity ETF, and uh, Cyber, I think it's C-I-B-R. Uh, all of those are essentially breaking out to new highs. Hack is a little bit of a laggard to, uh, just in relation to the others. It's just now getting through those highs. But the cybersecurity space, not only the stocks, but the ETFs, or the group is moving as a whole. It's just it's not exclusive to CrowdStrike or, or Palo Alto or, or what have you. So, is that on PPA? And that we've actually... Yeah on pan w crowd yeah. had to up it's followed through nicely so yeah. nice strength in that group is that the best stock in the group PANW? uh well uh not recently uh after the gap up maybe you could argue uh that it is i would my personal answer would be CrowdStrike and ftnt you could also possibly say zscaler uh those are probably the top three in my opinion pan w uh you know, making a new case for itself with the yeah. changing character on this gap. So um, that is honestly. definitely changing character. W. I'm sorry. I got go one, one last little thing here, Tim, uh, that mm -hmm. I think is kind of interesting. Uh, will you pull up ASML for me? And the reason that this is interesting, you can see ASML is up, what, 3% today. It's at all-time highs. It's at the third ATR. It's above 800. Uh, now, Tim, will you pull up LRCX? There you go. Now, these companies do not do exactly the same thing. However, they are in the same industry group. They're both in the semiconductor equipment space, and one does not look like the other. Tim, will you also pull up AMAT? Same situation here. One is at all-time highs, has been in a really nice uptrend. The relative strength has been really, really um, nice. And these other two have been consolidating and are getting close to the 200 day. Uh, and so I did a little research um, really about a week ago looking at, you know, why, why is ASML acting so much better than these other names? And there's, so ASML is in the lithography uh, space of semiconductor equipment, which I won't bore you with all the complex technology jargon. I really don't understand all of it, uh, but they are, dominant in this EUV space, which is just a short, an acronym for the lithography space. And it seems that they are not very sensitive to changes in price because they essentially have a monopoly on this EUV system. Uh, and this EUV system, they only produce about 50 uh, of these a year, and they each sell for $150 million. So it's, uh, it's a little bit different than what LRCX and AMAT do. Mm -hmm. However, it appears the market seems to like ASML. Maybe they have more pricing power. They're less sensitive to changes in demand. 
Um, they're heavily, heavily supported by TSM, uh, Intel, uh, and there's another company, I believe it's Samsung. Uh, actually, all three of those companies at one point several years ago when ASML was just getting into this EUV technology that they licensed, those three companies purchased significant stakes in ASML and have graduated. And just one last little stat here because I do think it's interesting. The first EUV uh, machine, which these machines are used to produce semiconductor chips, was rolled out in 2016. Since that date, ASML is up a little over 800% um, over the last five years. So uh, it's, it's obviously been received well by the market since they started using this technology. So I know that's a long kind of detailed analysis of these companies, but I did think it was interesting because there's a, a pretty significant oh. divergence uh, from I... the top stocks in that group. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy the research everyone does. All right, uh, Alex, you are up next. Yeah, so we'll follow up on two stocks. Then I have one uh, new idea that sure. I'll bring to the table today. So the two follow-up stocks, uh, the first one was Align that I brought up two weeks ago on the bonus stock video. Mm -hmm. You can find that on YouTube. Oh, hold um, on a second. This one's no. holding the... Look at, look, at, look at Alex, the pro. What, what is this uh, YouTube uh, speak of? <laughs> Huh. Tell, yeah, tell, so just tell me type in Revere Asset and oh, yeah. uh, you, you'll find our uh, our channel. Uh -huh. And there's a big red button you just saw on the top right of his screen. Oh, Subscribe and then that. each of our videos, make sure to like them. It helps the algorithm and uh, it, it helps us out. So maybe you guys can, uh, we'll give you stock ideas and you guys just give us a, a simple like. <laughs> Pretty good trade, I'd say. Um, uh, yeah, so your, back your, to, go ahead. yeah, that was the last video. The stock, This stock is ramping higher and that was on Team. Atlassian, and uh, I bought that at the gap high, and that's followed up pretty nicely. I've been really focused on big volume gaps, especially in this market. And if you see a stock like this hold, like I spoke about in the video, you know, keep that front and center, and it's following up nicely. It's right in that eight EMA. I think that's the purple line right there, or that's the yeah, that's, that's the five. five day actually. Yeah, so it's even stronger. I mean, that thing's, it's extended, um, but if you properly size it, and then I'm using the 21 as my stop, so I'm going to give it some room, but for right now, it's it's working, and so is a line, a line that I've been holding for several weeks now, and uh, it hasn't shaken me out. It's held the 21 nicely, and it's close to all-time highs. Uh, the next the, stock I want to talk about. Was this the yeah, one that you did? Sorry. the? We, is this the one, and I forget, uh, did we, which one did we talk options on uh, on the podcast? Was it a line? I think it was Nvidia. Uh, on the podcast, I think yeah. it was Nvidia. I just wanted to know how they were performing because it yeah, was I sold those for plus two hundred percent, so they oh, worked out pretty. Nice. We need to do follow up videos on this because they, <laughs> they, they don't. I, mean, I, I, I think we want the evolution actually, of your trade. We yeah. want the evolution of the yeah. Price, I actually how have you an monitor option. it through the through until you sell. So the bonus stock videos, Evil, I, I, I didn't. I haven't done. Evolution. I haven't done an option. Evolution. I haven't done an option evolution. video. Uh, for the I, bonus stock videos yet, but I do have uh, my my idea for today. I have an option that I would like to talk about. There you if go. You could pull up Net, sure. N E T. Mm -hmm. So this is a in the software security space. They do firewall stuff, and it helps with the the searching for companies. And um, they're different than, let's say, a, a CyberArk or a CrowdStrike or a Zscaler, but they're new. They have a big contract with Microsoft, great fundamentals. But my idea is um, 
these are leaps and these are long-term uh, options. Okay, They're, leaps are options that are nine months or further out. So you have a lot of time premium. I'm looking at the January 2023 calls, the 140s. And what, what caught my interest on this was there was 5,000 open interest on the 140 contracts. That's telling me that there's someone, some, someone or some, or some institution has a big position on those 140s. I like the stock. And here's the other thing. If the stock goes up 20%, let's say, so it goes up 24 bucks from here and it goes to 144 in the next, let's say five months, that option will most likely be up 80 to 120%. Let's do it. The time value, because you got 500 days or more on that option. Give me, give me you your price that, move. Well, one second, Alex. Uh, well, give, me your, give me your price yeah. move real quick. So let's say it goes to 144, which is 20%, about 20% from the current stock price. In what time in the frame? next six months. Six months? Let's say, by, let's say by January. January. January 22. We'll just use the third week. One, two, three. Yep. And uh, you said how many, how many dollars? Let's say it goes up to 144. Perfect. So uh, now that I've got the theoretical price in there, uh, let me get my marker back up. So what I did, stock. Hey, Tim, I think you might have to put that as like plus twenty. I I think it's oh, stock saying that's going to be two seventy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that would be huge for the option. Oh, Go to oh, yeah. Thank, so thank you, plus that, twenty. Hunter, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Hunter. Appreciate that. So grateful. Here we go, 140. So this is where it would be. So I'll do it. I'm going to just reset the, the price real quick and we'll do the drill again. So here's the 140s. Yep. 140s, you can see uh, they're pricing out at 21 right now. Okay. So now we're going yep. to go up here to the theoretical price calculator. We're going to, and Alex just picked an arbitrary date. Could happen sooner. Yeah. Could happen later. Could happen. Does faster. that happen at all? It doesn't. So yeah. we'll go third week, or, uh, which would be uh, one. Uh, maybe it's the twenty first. It's the twenty first would be the third week. That's usually monthly options expiration. And you said yeah, plus, that is that is plus twenty dollars. Is that correct? Yes. Done. And so uh, that option that costs you twenty one right now, if it were to hit what Alex is saying, would be uh, eight points. At that point, does everyone and see pull, what I'm looking for? How much would it yeah, be? Yeah, I see. Yep. Theoretical price. So be so, at 28? Yep. Okay, so it's not as much as I thought it would go up. But, um, I mean, if let's say the stock goes to – I mean, you still have another year or two of time value at the time. You don't have to sell. Uh, that's, that's the benefit of having a lot of time value in your option. Um, you have a whole other year by that January. If the stock has earnings and gaps up even further – because once you get that in, in, intrinsic value too, if the stock goes to 160, now your option, no matter what, without the time value, is going to be worth that 21 dollars. So you you you've now met your cost on your option. Um, my stop on this, I usually give it about a minus 20 percent on most options, but on this leap, I'm giving it like 25 percent, a little bit more because of how much time value it has. So let's so, let's do let's do that drill real quick. What? Give me the price to put it. What if it went down twenty? Is that yeah? That work? Yeah, let's see. Let's because we should show I mean, the risk. I, I'd probably yeah. be out by then, but sure. Um, I because I usually that's hard to say because uh, you've seen it on volatile days. The market makers will skew things and drop the bid 
uh, from underneath you. So you, you don't want to have an actual stop out there. You have to use your own mental stop and watch it yourself. These take, you, you can't just buy these and, and go to work you, and just, and not check for weeks. You got to check it every day. Like it, you can log into your account. It takes 10 seconds for uh, people that follow markets to, to see your position, see where your price is at, see where the stock is. And that's it. And, and do a little homework. You know, you can't be lazy with these type of options are a little bit more risky than buying a traditional stock. Well, that's why position sizing is important and you can only lose your exactly. premium if you're buying. If you're buying them, you can only right. lose your premium. So even though you may lose 100% of your premium, if it's only 300 bucks, you only lose 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I'll be some... interesting to see when we circle back yeah. around this in coming months. Mm -hmm. I'd like to follow up on this position because absolutely, I haven't done one of these in a long time. A long no, we time. should follow the evolution of this trend. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Don handle the pronunciation of evolution. It's evolution. For evolution, evolution, evolution. evolution. <laughs> They're both correct. They're both correct. It's not going to be evil, I the, promise. I don't by know. The end of next week, I want to get Dan to say evolution, him to say index instead of indices. Oh, why are they? Is it the internet? You're you're fading in and out a little, Don. Say He's something. Here. I got him, Don. Okay. Can you hear me now? Oh, that's there much you better. Yeah, you sound much yeah. better. That's much yeah. better. Yeah. Much better. Much, much better. Okay. I want to get uh, Dan to say evolution. Evolution. Is that index. better? Index oh, what is, instead of indice. Oh. Indices is plural. Indices is plural. Index is singular. <laughs> Just a little insight into what goes on in my mind when I listen to... Uh, well, you're right. That's it for I'm, me today. I guess no, I, okay, Tim, awesome. Our content. Yeah, I you're up. Uh, take us home, Don. Take <laughs> yes. us home. What, do what you, got? you got, Don? So we started uh, in our uh, daily videos tracking something that I'm calling the G5, which is a, an index of five growth ETFs that provide insight into what's working and what's not working in the market, specifically to growth stocks, because that's where we traffic. This is one of the uh, lessons learned that came out of our deep dive into the, the stealth uh, bear market in growth stocks that happened in mid-February. And over the last uh, over the last week, this has been uh, given us a good insight into exactly what's going on today. For example, the markets are reacting very well to J-PAL. The S&P is up 0.8%. The G5 is up an average of 2.2%. And this is with uh, Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft underperforming the, the NASDAQ itself. So they're actually kind of lagging a little bit today. But this is a good risk-on metric, um, and it uh, it really showed uh, early weakness in mid-February, right as the stealth bear market was grabbing hold. And it's an excellent uh, metric to keep track of what's going on with growth stocks, which seem to be uh, working very well today. And follow up on the um, on the dollar, that is a great. Um, that three ATR when Tim showed that three ATR chart last week, and uh, he scrolled back to I think it was a couple months ago where the dollar got up to the plus three ATR. There's times to use, in my opinion, in times to use these ATR charts, and sometimes to not use them because they can be a hindrance. This is a perfect uh, application. Things that uh, move slower. When they get to their extremes, it's time to pay attention to it. Now contrast that with DraftKings. We brought up the plus three ATR 
uh, before on DraftKings, if you can bring that up again. This, if you use three ATRs, every O'Neill breakout would probably be at a plus three ATR before you bought it. So gross stocks in a bull market, um, this, this wouldn't stop me if DraftKings broke above the 60 level here to add more to the position. Can I make a comment on DraftKings? Yeah. Since it is somewhat my No, baby? absolutely not. <laughs> okay. All I want to say is that is uh, those are double inside days right there. Uh, button it's head up against 60. The 21 is now hooking up through the 200, and the 8 is uh, probably going to catch up with price here in the next day or two. Uh, so I would I would set alerts at the high of, I guess that would be Wednesday, which is like 60, 37 or something like that. If it blows through those highs, uh, I would – I would get ready because it, uh, it can move pretty quickly like it has the last few days. Um, and one last thing as well, uh, Tim, will you pull up XBI? I covered this in a video maybe last week, uh, maybe Monday. I'm not sure. I can't remember, to be honest. Uh, this is the biotech ETF. And I mentioned if we saw continued strength here and pushing through these moving averages, pushing through 129.66, which is the high from like 8.586, uh, that would be a sign of strength kind of confluent with what Don is mentioning with the G5 index. You could also maybe even factor in, you know, biotech is a very good way to evaluate risk on appetite as well. Uh, but XBI blowing through the 50-day, getting back above it for the first time since late June. So a little bit of a change in character in, uh, in biotech. There's been some volume on some of these names too, but that is another uh, – metric or proxy you can use to evaluate the demand or lack thereof for risk on type of stocks. So I highlight that's it. Yeah, that, we'll go back real quick one second because Hunter brought up something um that might seem it's a good point Hunter just made. But it, it might seem like, well, when when should I get in or like what's the what's the, we talked about trigger events at the beginning of the show is what I'm getting at. So look on my charts, uh the purple line's a five day, here's an eight day, pink line's twenty one day. If and I use the five through the 21 on my weekly example in the video I did this week. Um, look, five through the 21. Show the chart. Got it. Oh, there we sorry. go. Yeah, that that happened here. The five moving through the 21, even though it's a daily chart, the, the trigger still works the same. So if you've got like Hunter mentioned this two weeks ago or a week ago, whenever you mentioned XBI, that trigger event happened at we'll just call it 126. Now you're at 130, 133, and so. If you got something on your radar, get a trigger. I think, and they're talking about adding more to the position if the momentum keeps going. Right, and I and I'm and I'm saying, yeah, like, look, just because we say something, you you at home, if you're, you know, clients get the benefit of doing all this with us, but if you if you're at home doing this on your own, trigger events help you stay on the right side of the trade. Is is kind of where I, where I was getting at with that, and and you can see when you when you have something on your radar that's brought to your attention for for a reason okay now what when would you get into it and, and there's the truth so anyway i'm sorry don go yep. ahead another uh yeah hunter mentioned that it's it's uh, about monitoring xbi that was actually one of the one of the candidates for finalizing the five that we that i wanted to use in the g5 but uh Biotech can be skewed on a daily basis if one of the top holdings Very is a, a positive or a ne or a negative event. But actually, during that uh, during the February sell-off, uh, looking at what would have been the best methods to hedge, 
LabD, which is inverse biotech, actually would have been the best hedge as a risk off um, way. You talked about the UVXY and how terrible those things can be. Oh, yeah. um, uh, LabD, but there is a, an ETF that's coming out that's going to be a very good way to hedge growth stocks. Somebody's putting together an inverse Kathy Wood arc. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. is yep. that? Oh, really? That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, yep. I yep. think it's going to be S A R K is going to be the ticker. Well, that yeah, actually we've, we've talked. Yeah. Uh, I had a, I will that actually affect what, what? What's it going to be called? Whoever said the name? S A R K. Uh, I think it's S A R K is the ticker. Oh, what is Sark? Okay, it probably yeah, won't affect like for because short, they have short She's she's short Thank you. So. Will that, if more money goes into SARK because of the way stocks work, will that have will that have a, an effect negatively on ARK? You know, no, like no matter what it the depends company. on if they're if they're getting the the options exposure by way of having derivatives on the actual underlying yeah. holdings of ARKK, or if they're actually just trading options on ARKK itself. Yeah, right. Because the options. Yeah, I think well, you can also borrow the shares within ARC and short the shares. Yeah, I think, but I think the way Hunter just said it matters because it, it's not if it's just ARC, if they're just working in ARC, but if they're actually, if SARK is going in and pulling positions off the, the names that make up ARC, right. which change daily, you can get that report every day. Um, yeah, I would think that's not going to happen just because of the complexity required to get that correlation to, you know, because their their job is to get you know a two or three times move whether it's to the upside or the downside by way of that derivative exposure and if you're trying to allocate that and weight it on a daily basis based on how the underlying holdings are changing it'd be damn near impossible um so I, my thinking is it would be more tied to the actual arkk security itself be interesting I, i'm now i'm really curious i had no idea either way it'll be really good for us because it'll be another tool yep sorry don was, yeah, we've, ta we've talked in-house about finding finding a good hedge when, when uh, you know, small cap, mid cap, smaller, large cap growth sells off for the day. There really hasn't been a good one uh, because the VIX, is, the VIX is not only toxic and, and unpredictable, but it's tied to the indexes. Uh, so the Qs are really at the mercy of what's going on with the big tech companies, uh, IWM. Uh, is really at the mercy of what's going on with oil and banks those days, and there really hasn't been a good way to to temper uh, volatility on on days that the market just decides to sell off growth stocks for no reason at all. Isn't it something like Kathy Wood has such a mark on her? Like she's she's put she put together an ETF that has had wild success. She's doing okay. Uh, she's I know, still doing okay. but it's but she's it, crushing it this last two weeks. She'll be <laughs> multi-millionaire yes he did that should be very interesting go ahead uh, don what else you got brother uh check check uh tune in for the 2121 oh. list That's we've had some uh sure. some nice winners on there and i'll update that in friday's video and by the way real quick where you get the 21 i'll tell you what danny um let's do uh let's do why did you tell him where to get the 21 over 21 and all the other good stuff and then i've got one last Folks, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Just send them to revereasset.com. They can sign up for our daily market insight video. This podcast will also get that directly in an email. And in on right up there, you'll see the daily market insight. They're, they're all of our 
daily uh, uh, videos. It's also the podcast in order. We don't take anything down or edit anything. You can email any of us with questions. Dan at revereasset.com. Tim at revereasset. Don at revereasset. Tim or Hunter at revereasset. You can also call us old school at 855-REAL-WELL. So just one one real simple, one last thing. I had a couple of requests for screens uh, this week. And the what's happening, in, I, I touched on this at the top of the show, what's happening geopolitically. And I think a lot of it is throwing people off just based on a couple of uh, things that have come in bound to me. And look, I am more than happy to share any of my screen with, and the screens don't make, the screens themselves will help help you unless you understand what they're trying to do. And the screens I use just try to help me keep on the right side of market. So whether it's a, a trigger event like uh, like uh, 821, let me see if I can load screen here. Like whether it's a, 820, a 521 cross on a daily, 821 weekly cross, moving average uh, alignment scan, which um, is one of my favorites because it like, where's the stock sitting on the 821 to 34? All these things are just tools. Like Don will send you what he's looking for in screens. Hunter will tell you what he's looking for. I mean, Hunter's doing research throughout the wazoo. Uh, as Alex as well. But if you don't understand what you're looking for, and so the screens help keep you on the right side of markets and separate what's happening outside of markets. And they're, and they're two completely different things. That doesn't mean they can't coincide at times. This week is just a great example of that. And hopefully we can bring some calm to what you're doing because um, I think it gets really confusing just based on a couple of emails or direct messages I received this week. I think it can get confusing for investors out there and screening helps you stay on the right side of the market. Doesn't it, The answers are in there, but not all of them are the answers. So hopefully that all. We'll talk to you next week on Your Money.